In a world that expects young people to spend all their time wasting time, how do we build a life that matters? How do we find what we are made to do and earn a living while doing it? Join me for a behind-the-scenes look as I document my journey of building a business from literally nothing. I'll be sharing what works, what doesn't, and what I am learning each step along the way, as well as interviewing others who are further along the path, both in life and in business. My name is Isaiah Malston, and this is The Worth Living Life. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Isaiah Malstead, the host. Thank you for tuning into the Worth Living Life. I'm joined today by Daniel Dement. He is the owner of Poo Crew, a dog pickup company that's servicing eight different cities throughout Canada. Yes. Yeah. We, we clean up dog poop in people's backyards and their residential homes typically. Awesome. It's kind of an interesting story how Daniel and I met. We actually met uh, this spring back in January. We were both, uh, February actually, we were both down in Nashville. Um, we're actually both involved in the same business coaching program now, uh, but we were all going to um, catch a show at the Grand Ole Opry actually and met up in the line waiting for it and uh, end up commandeering a lift vehicle <laughs> and uh, paying the guy cash to get us there because uh, the shuttle wasn't coming. But that was, that was kind of our introduction and how we met, uh, but we became friends and kind of talked a bunch of different stuff through and have seen each other a few times since then. Um, but Daniel, you want to share a little bit about your story and kind of how you got started with Poo Crew and kind of what brought you to where you're at today? Well, I think it was really cool, the, your idea for this podcast um, about, I mean, my goal was never to be the the pooper scooper king or the king poop, if you will, mm-hmm. right? That's That was never the goal. Definitely, um, I, my background was direct sales. So sure. I did door to door coloring books to, to, to selling roofing to anything. So, but I was always a kid in, even before that, I was always a kid in high school to be selling chocolate bars and cigarettes to <laughs> whomever, right. <laughs> to make some money. I even shared a locker with, with the guy that got me the cigarettes. We shared a secret locker within the school to make sure we didn't get in trouble. Um, so we could store the cigarettes in between our breaks. And, and so I was always selling stuff, did door-to-door sales, always knew that there was bigger opportunities out there than just going and working for a Best Buy or something, even though that's exactly what my family wanted me to do. Um, gained some skills there and then just continued to try businesses after businesses that worked or didn't work for me. Hmm. Who took off or picked up, if you will. <laughs> um, and it's, it's definitely been a, a way in which to learn business. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely interesting, you know, where you said it's a way to learn business. I'd heard, I was listening to, I don't remember if it was a podcast or something. Um, I don't remember who it was, but they were talking about the idea of a practice business. You know, oftentimes for me, especially me, it's so easy to think you got to get something perfect before you start. Um, but it's pretty interesting if you just pick something and go with it, the, the life lessons you learn, the skills you pick up, and then as you see opportunities, you can apply those skills to where you're at. Absolutely. I mean, and trying everything out as po- like as humanly possible. I, I wanted to be a photographer. I started a photography business. I did my first wedding and on a Saturday and went, this is a beautiful Saturday. I never want to do this again. Mm-hmm. I was a janitor. I called myself Spick and Span Dan. Like, <laughs> like I tried everything. Um, 
I had a marketing company where we were doing website development. Mm. Uh, I sold a $10,000 website. Uh, it was my second website I ever sold. I had never built a website before in my life. Um, we just tried it, sold it, and and just kept trying things until they until they work. Yeah, yeah. So what was it about the poo crew that kind of took off or that made you focus on that more than um, the different things you tried before? Um, one of the things that I, I guess the one thing that I really enjoyed about poo crew was I'm not a competitive person, oddly mm. enough, where you hear most um, entrepreneurs like I was so competitive. I, I didn't want to compete when I get into a, a direct competition with someone, I typically shut down. So mm. that's, that's something I'm actually working towards. Um, getting in competitions with other businesses and being aware sure. that like other people in the market are a good thing. Yeah. Uh, so when I started Pukru, I started it in a town of 200,000 in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. And it, I didn't have that pressure. I, I'm as an entrepreneur, I move away from pain. I don't move towards the reward. Mm. So that was a big motivator for me. It took off. It started to create momentum and, and that momentum that I hadn't seen in other businesses was a big motivator. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So as you look at it, it's, it's interesting in our culture, there's so much of a push on young people toward um, higher education, whether it's college or pushing for corporate jobs. Um, and it's interesting, you know, with me growing up in a family business, a lot of it, you know, you mentioned as far as with wedding photography on a weekend, um, we were in the mer- emergency services, you know, water damage, fire damage. Oftentimes that stuff happens. We always joked it was most likely to happen on a weekend over the holidays or when we were about to leave on vacation. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting for me, you know, growing up kind of on that side of things and more in the, the blue collar work with your hand service business type of thing um, as compared to so much of our culture is pushing people more towards uh, paper pushing or different um, jobs that maybe aren't manual labor. Um, so what is like for you, the most rewarding part starting and doing more of a service type of business? Um, and like, what was the plus side and what was the downside of it as compared to other options you could have pursued? Hmm. Well, there's, there's obviously just the fact that you are, okay, let, let's say this, for example, when I started Poo Crew, I knew that I didn't want to scoop poop forever. So that's like the downside of just the fact that it's a manual labor crappy job, right? (laughs) But that's part of the challenge is I knew I needed to create systems and put in enough effort to get myself out of it. Mm. Now here I am talking with you in my backyard with my dogs who was just playing with a squeaker toy before. And (laughs) Um, those are like the little joys. Like I get to work in my backyard right now and chat with you while I have, probably 15 people working for me sure so but i worked my butt off like seven years of scooping poop Mm. um so you have to balance this there's i guess it's the challenge the challenge to solve the problems um that you wouldn't necessarily get like you're if you're behind a desk your problems are maybe a little bit more deep but they're more narrow like so if you've got human resources problem Maybe you get to go a little bit more deep with that. But when you're building a business and, and you're, you're deep in the poop, but you're also trying to balance that with an HR situation, like mm-hmm. I don't go anywhere without my headset because if I've got to drive 
clean up poop, I still need to be on the phone. Yeah. You know, dealing with that HR issue or we have someone in a car accident two days ago, mm. coaching someone on how to deal with their first car accident. Those, yeah. are, those are great things, fun things for me. Yeah. So as we were talking a little bit before we started the interview, you were mentioning that since we had last talked, you're pivoting where you're focusing on in the business. Um, you want to share a little bit of what that looks like and kind of what, what triggered that change on what your focus is? Well, so I've been the king, king shit uh, <laughs> for, for nine years. I'm doing this for almost a decade. Hmm. Uh, it's not really the dream job, right? This is a perfect segue. Um, so I've always loved sales and marketing. So we're taking the, instead of having a, a small little sales and marketing department within Poo Crew, mm -hmm. we're flipping it to go towards my passion. Sure. I couldn't do that five years ago because I was still scooping poop, developing systems and processes for the business. Yeah. So that's the shift. The shift is now focus less on the day-to-day -day running and putting out the fires that Poo Crew creates mm -hmm. and allowing my team to excel where they've already been coached and believing and trusting in them yeah. so that I can move forward to my passion, which will ultimately make me happier and easier to deal with. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll be easier and happier to deal with for their technicians and it'll just, it'll excel us all. Yeah. So that'd be focusing more on doing like done for you services for other companies as far as marketing and sales, or is this focusing more on um, like teaching, coaching, training type stuff? Well, I'll say that I don't really know right now, I guess. Sure. Um, I'll say that my passion is, is probably coaching, hmm. but I want to have, if I have an idea, I want to take my idea, my business idea and dump it into our system. Yeah. So First project, for example, that we're working on is dog food sales have been about 3% of my business for like five years. Yep. We're going to take the coaching that I'm doing with the new people that I've hired and the people that I've hired for a bit, work with them more 90% versus the 10% that I was doing before and coach them up so that the agency within Poo Crew actually becomes greater than Poo Crew itself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure the exact direction that I'm going, I guess. Maybe that's yeah. where the hesitation yeah. is in, yeah. in this is. Um, I mean, even after running the business for, for nine years, doing multiple six figures, there's always going to be shifts. Mm. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to do done for you services, but I'm probably first going to stay in my lane in the pet niche. Yeah. And, sell the dog food and, and build those, those systems and processes to build my business. Maybe, maybe we'll go and help a vet or, or something and also stay in my lanes because I understand it already yeah. without being too far. Cause as entrepreneurs and, and people that are interested in business, while it's great to test the waters of things, it may not be great to, to dive into something too far outside of what, yeah. what you may good at get the low-hanging fruit first yeah so that's yeah. i have to constantly remind myself is daniel get the low-hanging fruit yeah You've got these people that know like and trust you let's utilize them to sell them some dog food and make sure we're serving that community that we already yeah. have yeah yeah and that's a huge huge thing i've learned over the past couple months is that idea of um you know we've always been big on referrals and that was always how a lot of our work came about 
but you know, there's always kind of this lingering idea in the uh, sales community as far as, you know, trying to find more people to sell the same thing to rather than looking at those people who already know, like, and trust you and saying, okay, I've already provided them value. What's like the next step in their road? What is the next value that I know how to provide that they actually need that I can continue to help my same clients that have, um, that I've been able to help in the past. And that's, that's been a, a cool kind of shift that I've learned over the past few months. And, and the great thing is, is once you have a, a little bit of a stable base within your business, you can start taking a step back to say, okay, I'm not putting out every fire within my business. Now I can look at what would I need after, after a restoration service? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Those, yeah. Yeah. That's another huge part. And I love how you mentioned on that and touched on it as far as the putting systems and people in place. Um, cause that's huge. Um, when you get to a certain point, it's like, you know, you're spending all your time putting out fires, like you mentioned. And if you don't have those systems in place, you're kind of stuck, you know, now, instead of being a entrepreneur or like a, a business owner who owns a system that, you know, makes money and provides value to people. Now you like own a job, except instead of a 40 hour a week job at Best Buy, it's, you know, 80 hours a week or 90 hours a week or <laughs> however yeah. it ends up looking. Yeah. And so, it can be, it's really hard too to, to step back and, and let things fall like hmm. um, and trust in the people that you've taught and coached yeah. and allow them al- allow to see where they w- will succeed and fail. Yeah. And then how you adjust for them, right? Yeah. How you adjust to support them and how they're adjusting to support you. Yeah. So looking back over your past, you know, almost decade of working um, with pets and with people and pets, what is like the biggest life lesson you've learned from that or, or something that you can kind of see in that realm that translates over into business or life that is, um, has impacted how you think about the world? Whew. What's the, the biggest thing that I've learned about it? I, I, I guess the biggest thing would probably be that many people like to hire fast or fire fast or whatever yeah Uh, i do like if i've hired somebody i've hired them for a reason um i like to remember that reason because people are ultimately good Hmm. they might be struggling in a moment i might be struggling in a moment. i could have caused the struggle and understanding their situation of what's going on i think sometimes we fire too quickly Uh, if if I fired faster, I I would never have a team that I genuinely care for. Mm. And, and so I think that's probably the most important. Um, you, you can't fire your family, but you grow to love them. And, and so if, if you, if you're forced not to fire your good employees or your good contractors, I think that you can find positives in, in everyone and everyone has a different skill set. It's mm. sometimes taking time to step back mm. and uh, realizing where they're actually putting an effort to support you. And sometimes, of course, there are people that are not. Um, but if they're continuously coming back and supporting you in small ways, sometimes it's important to look at those small things and realize that they're actually way bigger and they're probably deeper rooted than you realize because mm. they will be putting in that effort to give you those small things. It's your vision of it, of it, that it's actually small. It's probably a lot bigger. Hmm. 
that's pretty interesting. Um, that's a different perspective I hadn't considered before, but it's, it's interesting. You know, you hear that saying, like you'd mentioned, you know, higher, higher, slow, fire, fast. But it's interesting because when you're just talking, it reminded me of a saying, I think it might've been Zig Ziglar that said it, where he talked about as people, we should be gold miners because he said, you know, every one of us has that stuff in our life that maybe we can't see it, but the people we work with or work for can. But he said, instead of being the person who's looking at all that tons of rock, you have to move out of the way, be the one who's looking at that piece of gold inside that person, um, that that part of how they actually bring value to the team or actually, you know, want to be part of it. Right. That, that's definitely interesting. That's cool. Yeah. And some people just like, they could be like your worst office staff. And we've had people that I'm like, oh my goodness, I hate X person. Like I yeah. don't, hate them, but like, oh, why are they always doing this? Why is X person doing this? And then even my manager, John has come to me in the past and been like, Daniel, but the passion that they have for the job, the respect that they have for us and you and me and the, how much they're trying they're the person working 10 hours maybe they they're they were maybe someone else could get what they do done in five hours but the job means so much to them that mm. they'll put in that that extra effort mm. in order to make it work mm. yeah it's cool that's cool that's that's a cool lesson that you learned and that's you know it's always amazing to me you know as we go back to you know kind of the the name behind the podcast of, you know, the importance of being the person you need to be in order to do the things you're put here to do in order to have the impact and things you're put here to have. To me, it's interesting because there's so many different avenues in life we can go to learn things, but I've probably learned the most and grown the most as a person being involved in business and just how it stretches you outside of your comfort zone. Um, like I'm, I'm sure for you, it wasn't comfortable to, you know, the first time you had to hire an employee to help, um, or the second employee even, but you know, every time I think as entrepreneurs that you have to give up control, it's hard. But to me, it's interesting how um, business is one of those things that truly teaches you lessons in life that you can't really learn anywhere else. It definitely stretches your patience. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, do you have any wrapping up words of wisdom? Any last comment you got on uh, direction you're heading or um, any thoughts? How did you explain this podcast to me? You you talked about how, I think you said, and clarify if I'm incorrect. Yeah. Your idea for this podcast was somewhere around the idea that you can build a successful business even in an odd business like scooping up dog poop. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I, when I heard that, I was so excited because um, sometimes even I have to remind myself that Hey, this is a really like a cool opportunity that I that I received this business. I, I built this business to be successful, and now I can travel to Phoenix and meet you. I can sit yeah. in my backyard and work. It's like get in there, get deep, try something, do something <laughs> crappy, and and work towards um, gaining the skills, and they will translate in other places. Hmm. Um, it's definitely not going to be glamorous and the job that you find to be the most glamorous that you might dream about in your future, you might get in and it might be horrible. It might be way worse than scooping up dog poop. Hmm. So, you know, try it all, get in, get deep and, uh, and, and gain some skills where you're at it and, and you can pivot just like I'm pivoting. And I've pivoted, you know, many times over the years, Hmm. Uh, 
focus. I might pivot again this year and, and, and go completely um, uh, done for you services. Who knows? But just moving forward and we're learning as we go and our personalities change and our business Mm. goals change and I might move and and stuff happens. Yeah. 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 That is awesome. I love that. And it's, I, I look back and uh, have you ever seen, uh, there's a TV show we saw once, it's called Undercover Boss. Yes. And uh, there was one where I think it was waste management and the owner went undercover. And one of the employees he was working alongside of was a guy who was going to these porta pots at uh, fairs and carnivals and stuff. Yeah. And he had the big um, pumper truck and he's sucking out um, the porta pots and doing it. And I remember that guy just had the most amazing attitude and, um, the owner asked him, he's like, how can you have, you know, this attitude when you're doing this job? He goes, well, it's not easy. He said, it's not really funny. He said, you could easily get upset about it or grumpy and just do your, you know, put your minimum time in. He said, but you know, I got to keep that happy attitude. He goes, and he just made this whole game about it, you know, and he's like, you know, we're in a war. He said, and sometimes you get hit, you know, sometimes stuff splashes up and gets you. He says, you just keep trucking through it and you keep fighting, he says. And he just, just had the most amazing attitude. Yeah. And it's interesting because he did that with excellence, um, did the job that was in front of him. Um, at the end of the show, then he ended up getting a pretty big promotion and wow. getting to start. Um, he started then, he wanted to start a charity where he went around to hospitals and visited people. And just with that positive attitude, encouraging people who were, you know, stuck in bed. And so yeah. it, it's pretty interesting what you're saying, how, you know, putting the effort where you're at, it doesn't have to be something fancy or glamorous. Um, and you can always pivot and the skills you learn apply to anywhere else in life. And imagine how happy he is when he gets home. Like yeah. if, you're that, if you've got that much energy and happiness throughout your day, you're not dragging your mental capacity down throughout your day. And then when you get home, you just crash. Like, yeah, oh, he's probably like the happiest person ever. Yeah. Yeah. You right through that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, I think we're going to wrap up the podcast part of it. Um, I think we're a bit over 20 minutes and uh, I really appreciate your time, Daniel, and uh, hope to see you again in the future. See you soon. Hey, thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, I would appreciate it if you would subscribe. If you'd like to connect, head on over to Instagram or Facebook. Remember, this life you are living is worth it. Until next time, this is your friend, Isaiah Molstead.